0: They're not the best. They're not the worst. They're just in the middle. But are things about to change? Let's get started. seven-time champion of the world
1: big up the average people so what, what the are, middle X2> what, X2> what, what,
2: what are the topics today
0: oh <laughs> Al- Alpes. 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 Alpeen. Alpes. Alpeen. Tower, the uh the uh, double the a. a if you will the middle man or aat yes yes um... oh, Right, i can uh yeah uh, so yes, we haven't really spoken too much about that historic performance of Alpine at Hungary, a first place for Esteban Ocon, a fourth place for Fernando Alonso, and that currently puts them in fifth place in the Constructors' Championship. They are nine points ahead of AlphaTauri, 29 points ahead of Aston Martin, a cool 86 away from McLaren, but hey, you can't really win everything, can you? So, what do we think? Is 5th place a good season, a good result for Alpine, considering if we're looking back at 2020, uh, Cyril Abitable, who was the uh, team principal of Renault, the rumours say he was sacked because they finished 5th. So, what do we make of a 5th this time round for Alpine?
1: It's, it's not bad going for a, a team that said around the same time that they decided to switch 100% of their focus to next year's car. And they were turning off, and I'm quoting it, the taps on development of the 2021 20, car. So, <laughs> yeah, that was that was an odd statement. And then suddenly, bam, you, you take your 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 first F1 victory, Mr. Ocon. And um, Alpine as well is a bit historic for them. I, I, I'm hes- kind of hesitant to be like, oh, it's Alpine's first race win. It is, but also their Renault. And no one's going to be like, oh, it's historic win for Renault. <laughs> um and so it was nice to see them in fifth. I think it was a, it was an impressive place to to finish, and it, it had me on the edge of my seat for the entire time. Given that Sebastian Vettel was doing his very best in the Aston Martin, which I think is you know a very competent car with a you know competent driver inside, uh, he was doing his best to try and try and get past. And if I was Ocon in that seat, then. I would be looking in my mirrors and thinking, Well, that's that's one hell of a racer that's trying to bear down on me. So I was very impressed. That, of course, there was a bit of luck in there. But F1 is always about capitalising on luck. We talk about it all the time. Lewis Hamilton, for example, very lucky to suddenly be leading the World Championship. And so, boom, you have to be able to capitalise on that. And that's what Alpine have done. So... Yeah, absolutely fantastic. They should be man- immensely proud of themselves, and it's really solidified for me the the move to bring back in people like Fernando Alonso. I was very critical at the very beginning of the season, and you know, to some extent, I've got to eat my words a little bit. But Same. I will, you know, I I still I still say that they would have been successful with a new driver and to bringing some fresh blood, but. Their configuration they've got at the moment seems to be working as evidenced by the fact that they've gone and won a Grand Prix, which is fantastic. It's kind of a shame. I kind of want to see what um, Cyril would have done if he was in the team and they won. Like, what kind of a tattoo would he have to get then? Or I don't know. <laughs> maybe they would like dip him in like French chocolate and cover him in marshmallow or something. What,
2: what a horrible <laughs> image. <limit>. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, to ask you, Alpine are in a really weird position Because they Last year, if they'd taken their chances Sorry, the Renault last year, the same team If they'd taken their chances, they would have come third Arguably ahead of McLaren and Racing Point Point. Um, and this year McLaren are way ahead of them, Ferrari have gone way ahead of them And teams like Alpha Tauri and Alpha Romeo have closed the gap On them So you could say it's a poor season, but they won a race They've, actually, they've, they've done what Ferrari and McLaren Haven't done, or Aston Martin and won a race. Like, it's so, it's so mad to think of it. Like, I'm looking at the Constructors' Championship results here. And before Hungary, they'd only finished in the top six once. And that was Alonso in Baku. And, and other than that, they'd not even broken the top five. And then all of a sudden, they get a first and a fourth. Um, so that's like half their points in one race. So you could almost say that, considering as well their season is geared towards, and we can't deny it, a lot of teams are, but Alpine especially, their season is geared towards next year. Alonso came back not because he wanted to be fighting for 9th, 10th place in Alpine in 2021. He came back because he wants to see how the new regulations shake up the grid and if Alpine are going to be at the front of it in 2022. So their season is geared towards them then anyway. So almost even if they came like 7th in the constructors, anything would be a bonus for them this year. So 5th and a win despite being overall a pretty poor season because they are gearing towards next year, I think their season can already be seen as not a success, but definitely like a bonus. Um, they've almost got like, they've almost got, they always now know what that winning feeling is like. So next year they won't, it's not like they sort of, they, no one knows how to win in that team because they've all won somewhere before, but it'll be relatively recent. And that could like, that could be an underrated momentum, like sort of build going to going into next year. You never know. Um, but yeah, they're in a weird position where they've gone backwards this year but they've won a race. So it's it's hard it's hard to judge. I overall, yeah, I, I
3: feel just going back to start with to a point that you that you made, Tristan, is I too was quite negative towards Alonso's return. Um just because I do have such an interest in the lower series, in the feeder series, that I felt it would I'd almost wronged a couple of the younger guys who deserved a seat. But, you know, I still feel that way, but I disagree with what I said about how, oh, he's too old, you know, you know, he's proven to us now on multiple occasions, you know, just why he, you know, he's a world champion and he, he, he's been driving exceptionally well. And I kind of, those battles he's been having have kind of been classic f1 raw yeah. battles and it, it was really really nice to see and um, so clearly he brings that with him um and yeah the team you know he must have returned to the team knowing you know with some hope that they could do something because as you say he wouldn't come back to a team to sit around in you know the back of the points i think that the season has improved they're definitely on an upward curve i don't remember we'll I have to listen back to all episodes but at the beginning of the season being like wow alpine i i personally i don't remember that i remember and like we may come on to talk to this later i remember being like wow yuki Sonoda. do you remember after testing we were all like mm, yeah. what
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: i don't remember being like wow alpine they have just sort of they were there but they've they're slowly they're obviously working on the car they're obviously learning from each race you know the the, the the drivers are understanding the car really well and slowly yeah they are starting to make such a big impression in the sense that they're not just there in the races anymore you're like oh damn like did you see that move by Alonso? Did you see what Ocon did? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Ocon winning a race was obviously so, so great. And the wins that we've seen, you know, like Pierre Gasly's and when, when someone wins that necessarily doesn't always win or Sergio Perez and th- these, they, they feel so, so good and so, so special and I think that Ocon is definitely someone that deserves it. And obviously he had such a rough time a few seasons before, like he was in F1 and he was out of F1. And he has proven to people that he's meant to be there. And, you know, the the best part about that is he doesn't need a Mercedes to do it because obviously he is a junior for a Mercedes and people may have thought like his opportunity would come when he got into Mercedes, if he ever does. But he's proven his talent in an Alpine. And so Alpine have now shown they have the t- car to win a race. Yes, obviously there's certain elements of... I don't want to say luck, but like what else is happening around. However, good for them. And I think people are definitely going to pay a lot more attention to them now. So, and I certainly will be.
1: We weren't excited. You're right about Alpine. And I think partly that's because at the end of of last year, when they were Renault, there was nothing to be that excited about. Yes, they got a podium and then there was that whole tattoo thing going on. But (laughs) there is a very big difference getting third place, second place and then actually winning a race because t- so many things have to go wrong. You've effectively got to eliminate the top 3 teams yeah. in Formula 1 if you want to get first place because it's much easier therefore to get on on sort of the third step of the podium. But I think that's why we weren't going into this thinking, yeah, you know Alpine are absolutely going to smash this out of the park because you know, it it's like Haas coming along and then deciding to rebrand themselves. I don't know, uh, Haas 2, uh, Russian Boogaloo. The reality <laughs> is, is, is there always going to be Haas? It's just a, a rebrand of the name. And it's cool to get a, a historical name back into the sport. You know, nice to have things like Aston Martin back. But there was nothing there to get excited about, I don't think. And then there was that sort of weird thing that they were like, oh, we're going to bring back fernando alonso as well and he's going to help us and to me i think i was a bit pessimistic and i i was thinking i was going to be just like mclaren then right when when fernando alonso was in mclaren and he was supposed to be helping them develop their car when they were paired paired with honda and it just didn't work out like that so i think it was those factors that made me at least look at the alpine car and go well it's just going to be kind of renault 2 until next year when the whole Um, regulations get mixed up and we get these new cars and then there'll be something to be excited
0: about Mm, I think there was definitely a lot of sort of negativity or definitely negative uh, sort of psychological signals coming out of Renault Alpine you know losing Daniel Ricciardo who's doing so well for them dragging that car up to you know podium places where arguably shouldn't have been and you know dragging the car as well up to nearly third which looking compared to that racing point car which was uh, largely influenced by the Mercedes and then of course McLaren which was going in an upward trajectory it was quite clear that losing Ricardo made many people think "Mm, well have they just lost their edge are they now going to fall back and and tumble back to you know where Aston Martin are or below uh, below Alfa Tauri etc and I think those signals only became louder when they changed from Renault to Alpine because don't get me wrong Alpine is a very respected brand but when that announcement came out, I thought, well, Renault were sort of slowly but surely pulling the plug in terms of money when it comes to Formula One. Like, if you called Renault F1, why on earth would you then take that name away, knowing how huge that name is for your fan base back in France, uh, for the world? Replace it with a sort of, you know, more obscure brand that has less funding uh, by definition than than Renault does. The works team, or uh, as they're formally called. So yeah, a lot of sort of negativity was coming out from them. I think going into this season and let's be fair Ocon hadn't really blown away anybody with his performances in 2020 and you know there are many question marks over whether he could lead the team if um, uh, Fernando Alonso was going to be you know taking his time to get back into the sport after that um, that uh, cycling injury and whether he really had, you know, the calibre to go on and and score points consistently. Because, you know, rewind to 2020, there were many races where either he retired or finished out of the points and the gulf was huge between him and Daniel Ricciardo. But um, it seems that any sort of, you know, nosedives or any sort of, you know, uh, spiralling when it comes to Alpine is definitely, I think, premature because I think they've sort of stabilised themselves now as being a very good um, sort of middle team uh, I think 5th is probably the peak for them but there's no shame in coming 5th when you consider that you're behind McLaren, uh, Ferrari, Red Bull and Mercedes that have more money that have better talent that have been in the sport for, for longer really
1: Is this going to be a one hit wonder then? That's my that's my next thought and perhaps it's a bit of a sad thought but what do you think? Is there is this is this the only time we're going to see them on the podium realistically? Uh, this this season
3: mm, me- yes. <laughs> possibly but i wouldn't rule out a a potential maybe third if you know as you say if there was some sort of issue <laughs> with yeah. a mercedes a red bull or a mclaren or you know uh, you know maybe even a ferrari depending on what kind of day it is like the, <laughs> if there's issues there then i, I don't I think what we've got to understand is I think they would probably be the best team to jump upon that opportunity if it arises. I don't think that necessarily yeah. they could achieve it outright, but out of the teams that are left, it's looking like they are the likely ones to be able to jump on it and make the most of it. And with those two drivers, the experience of Alonso and you know the growing experience and speed of Ocon and confidence as well, they you know they could be the ones i think to make the most of it but whether you know whether that occurs just depends on what happens for the rest of the season you know how intense the mercedes red bull battle gets um and yeah i think it's I, I wouldn't say on this like on the podcast oh yeah they're going to get another podium this season because you know you absolutely have no idea what's going to happen but i wouldn't be surprised if they did yeah
0: so
2: i'm gonna say on the podcast that they won't get another podium this season <laughs> just that's my little I, d- I don't know it's just the fact that, like I said before, they haven't got a top five all season. They get the first and the fourth. It, I mean, it's clearly. I mean, we we watched the Hungarian Grand Prix. It was a freak result. Um, so much random stuff happened. Um, it manifested in, in an Alpine win. Um, just because Ferrari are quicker, McLaren are quicker on on lots of days. AlphaTauri are quicker. Um, So, yeah, I just can't see it again this season. But with the rule changes, the regulation changes, who who knows, they might come out next season with an absolutely rapid car. So we'll see.
0: But I'd say that um, only one of the Alpha Alpha Tauris are quicker uh, insofar that I think Yuki Tsunoda is a very inconsistent driver. We'll probably get onto him later. But um, that's why I think Alpine are more likely to do it than Alpha Tauri and I'd say Aston Martin as well because whenever they finish they seem to finish quite closely together you don't normally see one up in third and one down in 16th but you know look at Alpha Tauri for example you've got Gasly qualifying fourth fifth sixth and then Yuki Tsunoda's struggling to get out of of, uh, the first qualifying session then he's swearing on the team radio saying oh you gave him the better car well shock shock you know what I mean Um, but yes that's why I'd say they're more likely to to do it again but it's still slim sure
3: before we um move on to our tariff, we do. I I have a question. Do you think if Daniel Ricciardo was still there, he would be doing better than he is now? Yes. In, at
1: he hasn't been on form really, though. Or... or
3: is it he doesn't understand the car?
1: Well, there's there's always going advantage. to be a little bit of that, isn't there? And and uh, I mean. I don't know when when one starts saying, oh well, he's had enough time, because some, some drivers take ages to, to really get up to speed with the car. But to be honest, it's a really tricky transition. He's done it so many times now, moving to different cars. I don't think he's been necessarily that comfortable for a while. Um I, I suspect if he remained at Alpine, he would probably be pulling the same sort of results as Fernando Alonso. But I don't think he could have challenged uh, the in a in the defensive way lewis hamilton as well as alonso did um at the hungarian grand prix i feel that uh, what alonso did there was pull out sort of an old school like you know slapping of Hamilton as he was trying to get past <laughs> and that enabled ocom to take the win let's not forget that so yeah. i think on the whole ricardo probably could be matching alonso um and probably matching where he is in the mclaren right now but actually weirdly enough as you say tom because these this the the win gave them half their points i think alpine wouldn't actually be in as good a position if ricardo was still there um and that might well change if ricardo ends up picks himself up in the mclaren and and uh pulls an absolute blinder of a second half of the season but as it is I think it's worked out quite nicely for Ricardo because he's got his dream gone off to McLaren and then it's also worked out really nicely for Alpine because they have a driver that has enabled them to, to pull something quite special out of the bag and it's really nice to see when things like that happen and, and the stars sort of align in
0: that way. And going on to another team that famously pulled something out of the bag at Monza with uh, Pierre Gasly winning that race, let's talk about AlphaTauri. Now, this comes after the team principal, Franz Toss, said there is no alternatives to a Gasly Sonoda lineup for 2022, uh, with uh, drivers like Nico Hulkenberg, potentially Valtteri Bottas in the wings, and one young Alex Albon, who is currently the reserve driver uh, for Red Bull and still part of the academy, we're told. Do you think that's the right thing for him to be saying? Do you agree? Are there no alternatives to a gasly Sonoda lineup for next season?
3: I think that's a bit rude to Alex Albon, to be honest. Like, look, I personally don't think that Alex Albon is any worse than yuki Tsunoda. Um, So I think it's a bit harsh, but I can see what he's saying and I'd like to say that Alex Alex Almond doesn't even need them because apparently he's rumored to go to IndyCar <laughs> and good for him. I mean, I think IndyCar's going to become more and more exciting over the next few years. You've got Christian Lungard heading over there, smashed it with a, with a P3 and or P4 in qualifying his first ever time sat in the car. You know, send Alex Albon over there. You've got Grosjean already over there. Like I think it's going to get really exciting. But on a different subject, um I think it it's a bit I hadn't I hadn't heard that he'd said this until you mentioned um in the group chat you're like oh let's talk about his comments and i was like oh i think (laughs) red the red bull junior academy just puts itself in a really weird situation because it has a lot of drivers but it also has very few in the sense they don't know what to (laughs) do with them and then when they do do something with them it's too soon and they're not ready and it still goes wrong um in a way i think it would be good like obviously like that completely going against my morals here because I love the junior guys to come up but I think in a way he needs to leave it as it is in the sense that he hasn't given it any time he never gives anything any time let's give this partnership some time to see what happens let's not jump every single season and change it so whilst I don't agree that there isn't options I disagree with that I do agree with the sense that if he wants to stick with it then he should because he needs to stick with something for once and see how it plays out rather than jumping ship when it doesn't work straight away. So um, I disagree with part of it, but I agree with the other part, if that makes sense.
2: I It's a tricky one. I see no better alternative at the moment. And here's why. I think because, like Liv said, Alex Albon has options elsewhere. I mean, he, I mean yes, admittedly, he had a pretty poor uh, year alongside Max Verstappen in the Red Bull. But... He's a podium finisher in Formula 1, and that's no mean... No matter what the car you're in, no, that's no mean feat. And he's been in DTM this year. He's been doing pretty well. Um, like you said, he's got IndyCar options. He's even been linked with Alfa Romeo and Williams. So, who? I mean, who knows? I can't see that happening, but who knows where that'll go down. Um, and then, I, I say, when I say at the moment, what I mean is Red Bull have a set of young drivers in Formula 2 at the moment. So, you've got Yuri Vips, Liam Lawson, and Jehan ruveler but none of them are I'm looking at the table now they're fifth eighth, and ninth in f two now of course were they to go on a storming run and take the championship you'd have to, you'd have to press a hard case for them to be in contention for a seat at alpha Tauri, um let's say but i think sonoda like yes he's been very he's probably been the rawest driver i've ever seen in Formula One if you define raw as has potential but is incredibly inconsistent um like he, like he, he's just like like we were saying earlier about um what Tom said about how the Alpha AlphaTauri can be fifth or sixth in the hands of Gansley, but no more than fifteenth or sixteenth in the hands of Sonoda. Um, and and you always say like, oh, we'll give him a bit of time to get to speed. He's taking a lot of time to get him to speed. Um, but I don't think they would ditch him after one year. I th- I think that this even though Red Bull are ruthless with their drivers, they tend to give them at least like a season and a half or. Like two seasons before they they get rid of them, um, they do often get rid of them, but I th- I c- I think he'll I think he'll stay just for a little bit longer, um, just because for them to promote him so soon, I think he spent only like one year in F three and one year in F two, then they promoted him. Like they have to have seen something there that's like goes beyond his like results on track. I don't know, but I just can't see them like jettisoning him like, after one year. Um unless, like I said, one of the F two drivers, Vips, Lawson or Deruvula, has a stormer and takes the championship there. Um yeah, I think I think Sonoda will get another chance. Not to say he's necessarily fully deserved it, but he will get another chance, I think. And Gasly, we know the quality he brings, se- severely underrated in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Still, despite being an actual race winner. Um delivers week in, week out for Alpha Um Argument maybe to put him back in the Red Bull, but I think AlphaTauri is where he'll stay. And one day he may flee the nest and be a race winner at yeah. another team. Um, but yeah, I think Gasly and Sonoda will likely be the line up for next year. To be honest, I
1: I, I can't really add anything more than that other than say I, I agree. There was so much hype surrounding Sonoda, and yeah. I I think I I kind of jumped on that because there was there was pretty compelling evidence. It's not like we we plucked that sort of commitment to his ability out of out, out thin air. And so, it's been a little bit of a letdown. Although, I'm I'm kind of forgiving the somewhat lackluster performance. What I really find irritating about him is his his um his aggressive nature on the track. And it's okay when you're sort of aggressive, but you've got the ability. You know, th- there is always some leeway with people like Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton when they're being particularly aggressive when they're fighting for first and second. But he'll spin out of his own accord and then jump onto the radio and be like ah my tires were put on badly or "Ah, there was a mouse on the track in front of me or whatever you know, it's 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 pretty tiresome and I, I don't find it particularly helpful especially when we're trying to make the case for him to stay so he kind of needs to take it back a notch and and be less sweary, please, because we want to hear <laughs> what you're saying to the team, but it gets beeped out. So, yeah, there's he is definitely going to be there for next year. And now I've said that, of course, he won't be. Um, <laughs> but I, I have a funny feeling that Helmut Marco will, will be casting his eyes elsewhere. Um, but I don't know what choice they have. And Pierre Gasly in a weird position. He's in such a bizarre Position he's kind because, of trapped, is not he? Yeah, he's kind of a brilliant driver, and Red yeah. Bull's been like, "No, we're not putting him back into the top team. Why would we do that? Even though he's better than other people we put in there before, and definitely proved himself on the track now. But apart from all that, why would we do that? And then no other team's going to adopt him either because it seems like he's damaged
2: goods or something. They're, yeah, they're like, "Oh no, yeah. we
1: have our own, you know, eyes on on another prize." And, and so where does he go he can't go to mclaren he can't go to mercedes and he, he can't go to ferrari um out of all those by the way i think Ferrari's his best bet um because the sort of alpha tauri link there it's not so weird
0: but screw the rear yeah yeah
1: so and if he chose any other team it'd sort of be a backward step so he has sort of gone down this this branch of Formula One into a dead end where the usual step up would be to Red Bull, but Red Bull don't want him because maybe it's because they proved them wrong, and they are little petulant children <laughs> that can't admit that they made a mistake. I like Gasly.
3: I I think with Gasly though, and I feel like I might have covered this before a while back, so I won't go into it. I think he's better suited to Alpha Tauri the way like okay maybe I'm getting too into like personalities and like you know it's at the end of it's a team but he the the atmosphere at Red Bull is honestly not good for people (laughs) unless you're Max Verstappen (laughs) and everyone is like on their knees in front of you praising you it's a difficult environment and Alex Albon proved that Pierre Gasly's proved that I mean like Sergio's doing okay, but do you know what I mean? It for me, that's not the environment that he thrives in. It's a different kind of pressure, and he's proved he he you know he, he was still the same driver when he was at Red Bull, but he wasn't as good. I like where he he is in this in with alpha Tari, So it's 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 more friendly, I guess. It's more homely. They feels like his family. You know his his main guys travelled with him both to and from Toro russo to then Red Bull to then Al- tari His main sort of crew and that's where he's he's the lead driver he's relaxed he's passionate and i think that that's why his performance has been so good and i i genuinely think if you put him back there the performance wouldn't be the same as it is right now so that's what what i think about pierre um and i agree like he could go elsewhere at some point but i d- i don't necessarily see it being red bull and with alex obviously we briefly said, oh, you know, you know, he's got these other options in Indy car, and I would absolutely love that. But I do think, I mean, as would many, if, you know, Helmut Marko turned around to him and said, we've got you an F1 seat, there's absolutely no way in hell Alex Albon's saying no. But, you know, would he, Helmut, ask because he has his other options? I don't know. But, you know, obviously there's not many people in the world that we, you know, the drivers in the world that would turn around and say, no, thank you. Um, but, whether he would be asked at all um and it's interesting you mention some of the f2 drivers there um like yuri vips is in fifth at the moment in the standings which of a big grid at least like 22 or something like that is is not bad um and also liam lawson does deserve you know a shout out in the sense that he's just been a bit of a rocket this year alongside oscar piastri who i think is a ferrari driver academy i'm not sure you know they're pretty young and they've just sort of arrived and they're doing really 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 well so there is certainly these options but i would agree that they probably are too young at this point um and in a way yuki Tsunoda might even be too, <laughs> too yeah, unexperienced yeah. to be in f1 but as you say they didn't much have much of a choice we would have kept alex mm. well maybe not i don't know about you i would have kept alex but anyway he made that choice whatever i don't think he will change it now so that's sort of i think we can all agree that that's probably going to be the case and then as you say tristan will be proved wrong <laughs> As
0: I said in podcasts gone by, I think roughly this time last year, that um, Sonoda needed to win F2 and then he'd be ready for F1. And I think that I'm kind of right insofar so that Sonoda's done fine. He's 13th in the Drivers' Championship. But when you compare that to 8th of Pierre Gasly, who's ahead of Daniel Ricciardo as well as both Alpines, it kind of shows the imbalance that Alpha Tauri have. Uh, Pierre Gasly is a, a big fish in a small pond and Sonoda is a small fish in a small pond uh, it's one of those where th- it's the danger isn't it of having one driver that's vastly better than the other because then you're over reliant on one driver and I'm not saying for one moment Alvatore go I'm, I'm afraid Pierre gas it's time to go mate we're getting back Alex Albon but th- th- there's the danger that comes with that and Granted, yes, Sonoda's in at Alphatauri, and now there's no chance that they're going to go. Actually, we were wrong. Time to go back to F2, and only come back when you've won the championship. So that horse is kind of bolted, really. But um, but yes, I think there are no alternatives insofar that I kind of see that Alex Albon's not going to be given a chance, at least with Alpha Alphatauri. I'd say very, very maybe with Red Bull, I think, if all the stars align, but he's got to go through many barriers and brick walls for that one, so... I think that's sort of a sort of a um, a false a false dream, if you will, in that regard. But yes, um, Sonoda does need to grow up a bit. All this sort of swearing, yelling, you blaming the team. Oh, you've given him the better the better gear. You've um, you've put the what did he say? Um, It's impossible to drive this car in a final practice of Spain. Which um, I mean, if you're saying that, go and speak to Haas and Williams maybe because they can tell you what a bad car is. But yes, um, it's one of those where they need time. They will get time, but how much time do you give Sonoda? Because I think if he has a similar season to this season, then question marks around about how good he is. Especially considering people will go, oh yeah, he was that guy that did really well in testing, and oh he's thirteenth now, just out of uh, you know equal points with Lance Stroll, and you know not too far away from Nicholas Latifi, who's just you know got his first point. So, hmm, yeah, I mean, time for Sonoda to prove himself, but Gasly is. As I say, he's, he's, be- he's better than Alfa because, you know, looking at him in the standings, he's eighth in the Drivers' Championship and sixth uh, in the Constructors. So, you know, as, as I said, above two Alpines and one McLaren. So he is better than Alfa But hey, the, uh, the politics of F1 does do its things to uh, make sure that um, talent doesn't always rise in a vertical uh, way. Maybe,
1: actually, when we're talking about Someone like Pierre Gasly, who wants uh, an equally, I um, a nice atmosphere, as you said, live. Mm. Maybe someone like McLaren then would be quite good because Zach Brown seems to have fostered a a community spirit, and then and even Ferrari would be quite nice. They although they have their um their issues, Ferrari, it does seem like they are quite a teamy, you know, friendly sort of atmosphere-y, uh team, and and not harsh and clinical like Red Bull so maybe that's why I think he would be good but Pierre would be quite good at Ferrari or or, you know McLaren but it's never going to happen because he would kind of get that that support there and we want Pierre to have good support (laughs) you heard it here (laughs) at first
2: folks (laughs) Pierre Gasly and a McLaren to replace Daniel Ricciardo. Oh yeah. To be to be fair, no, really? I I can see him in a Ferrari. I you know what McLaren? I think they're building that team around Lando. It's clear he's got a multi-year deal. he's stepped up his game this year. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Pierre Gasly deserves better though. He there was there was loads of links with him to Alpine for obvious reasons because he's French and so is Alpine. But. Um, I like, to be honest, you never know they could end the rule changes could wind up next year in Alpha Tower you produce an absolute banger of a car with a Honda engine in the back. they could be you know remember back in two thousand and nine when braun GP were the fastest team in pre in the previous year as Honda, they were like the ninth fastest team or something, so you know stranger things have happened.
3: I have two things to say before we wrap up. The first one is a shout out to last week, me, or maybe the week before. <laughs>
1: how modest (laughs)
3: because you might remember me discussing giving nick de vries a seat in formula one um he did win the formula world championship at the weekend um it was the first time it's been a world championship rather than just a championship so he's technically fun fact the first ever dutch world champion in motorsport insert christian horner crying because, <laughs> because he was desperate for Max obviously to be the first Dutch world champion and I saw a picture on Twitter it was really funny it was a picture of Nick de Ries and Max <laughs> Verstappen it said look at this picture of um, the, the, wor- the world's first Dutch motorsport world champion and also Max Verstappen <laughs> I was like lol um, anyway so to start with congrats to him but I've got to say just for those that didn't listen that didn't watch it honestly going into that last race 13 drivers could have won the championship it was Insight going to last weekend. 18 could have won, but after the first race happened, That's it was just 13. Anarchy. It was anarchy, and let me explain how. Just really briefly, <laughs> people. I'm in particular, obviously, was rooting for my my own two drivers who were racing, but unfortunately, they were quite far down, and they weren't quite in the standings. One of them was just in the 13, but a miracle, you know, might have had to occur for him to to win the championships. Obviously, apart from rooting for them, I was very keen for uh, Mitch Evans, uh, Jake Dennis, or Nick DeVries to win the championship, and oh, and Edo Montara and this race started and i was like this is going to be insane like how is this even going to play out mitch evans was starting on third and i was like you know what i think mitch has got this i said to my mum, mitch has got this lights went out mitch stalls (laughs) on the on the grid and then edo montara the other guy i mentioned who might be in the back in, in like in to um contention of winning drove into the back of him both of them they were both okay but big collision at the start, both of them out of the race. I was like, fantastic news, right? Okay, never mind. Um, so they had to restart the race and everything. Well, it was all cleared up. And I was like, right, you know what? Jake Dennis has got this. He's so got this. Go on, Jake Dennis. Like, three laps later, he drove into a wall. <laughs> like, he was, again, fine. But I was like, this is the, the most... In- yeah, exactly. This is the most insane thing. Meanwhile, over at Silverstone, one of my F3 drivers, or GB3 as it's now called, was driving... And was winning the race, and I was so terrified to say a single thing <laughs> in case it happened. So I was sat there going, "Ugh, ugh, this is—I can't believe he's winning. This is horrible." Because um, <laughs> I was genuinely <laughs> fearful of what my what my words could do. But anyway, Nick De Vries drove solidly. He didn't need to win to win the championship. He just needed to finish in a reasonable position. He did so. You know, it. I was a kind of like, "Ugh, Mercedes has won." But whatever, they won the championship as well, the constructors. But going back to what I'm saying. This has got to be a big deal for his future, especially as it's being discussed at the moment. Toto Wolf was there. He was watching. Um, you know, he has a lot of control over what happens in Williams and what happens with for his junior drivers, etc., etc. et cetera. So I think it definitely built upon what we were already discussing about, you know, is that, is is he George Russell's replacement? And you know what? I hope he is. I think he deserves it. Um, and my second thing I wanted to say, just really quickly, is obviously everyone's really sad because there's no F1 for a bit. But Le Mans is on this weekend. Um And I'm devastated because I'm away, so I won't be watching it. But watch 24 Hours of Le Mans, everyone. It's on Eurosport. And it's got lot It's got half the Formula E grid. Honestly, so many of them. It's got X drivers it's got paul de Rester, it's got Anthony davison it's got montoya watch watch 24 hours of le mans it's going to be insane thank you very much no no no.
1: no watch the first hour of le mans and then the final yeah. hour and then the final hour of le mans <laughs> and then watch the rest of it <laughs> on highlights, the highlights fine It's the only
0: thing i want um but consumer yeah. advice
3: that's that, that's <laughs> all my two points
0: And so ends episode 17 of F1 in Review. As always, we'll be back next week to discuss all the biggest talking points, news and general interesting things in the world of F1 and beyond. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.